This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Start your weekend off right. This is BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. And welcome in. Here we are. Hopefully you are on the nice side of the list and you don't have to work your way over from the naughty side because there's not much time left to do it. There are plenty of bowl games to talk about. Some naughty, some nice. Some are like lumps of coal in your stocking. Some are like the big present under the tree that you begged for all year long. I'll come up with more cliched Christmas analogies throughout the show and of course next next week's big two-hour BetQLU bowl special but in the meantime uh I'll trust my friends to come up with some as well Kayla Canaram, RJ Choppy I'm Chris Mack this is BetQLU live coast to coast on the BetQL network on your Odyssey app A-U-D-A-C-Y wherever you may be in the world and of course on Twitch twitch.tv slash BetQL and on YouTube as well be sure to download the podcast if you miss anything in the midst of the show once we're complete uh, happy weekend, friends. Happy bowl season. It's upon us. Kayla, not much longer now until you can anticipate another Missouri disappointment. <laughs> That's not going to happen, Chris. I know. I'm Whoa. The only thing that disappoints me is that this is the last time I can bring up Mizzou football for the season. So at least I'll have that today. You've got that, RJ. Uh, Tennessee, your, your Vols, they've, they've got a little bit longer. We'll We'll worry about them next weekend, but... Uh, there's a ton of, uh, you know, a lot of people would call us degenerates for loving these games. I don't think we're degenerates. I just think we're huge college football fans. I agree. Well, we are degenerates. In fact, that's the, that's the name I go by right. on my radio show. I go by the degenerate, <laughs> uh, but, but, uh, you know, look, these games, these games are fun to bet on. They've become increasingly more maddening as people sit out. Um, mm-hmm. and now you get less and less yes. of a feel for actually, you know, like like Florida, you know, uh, you know, not having you know quarterback plays, and it's, it's just gonna be tough, man. Like, so yeah, they're they're fun to bet on, but the I think the consistency of you being able to win at these early games sometimes is a little bit more difficult now. Yeah, there's a lot more research that goes into finding out who's going to be coaching, uh, who's going to be playing, uh, how much are the coaches actually focused on the games. To be honest. I just saw something about James Franklin, for instance, the last two weeks. I don't even know if he's been on campus for Penn State. He's been a bit too busy working the portal and doing recruiting uh, because that it's the time of year for that. And it's not just him. I'm not knocking him, but every coach is in that position uh, this time of year. We will pick every bowl game that's on the slate for the next week. Some of them we will rip through at the end of the show. We'll get you our best bets as well. Uh, and we will have – we'll call it in somewhat in-depth analysis because we're going to fit a handful of games into the middle segment of the show as well. Fenway, Las Vegas, New Mexico, Armed Forces, and Gasparilla Bowls all on the way. But let's start with what we learned in this past week. And somber note, um, hopefully the Mike Leach coaching tree 
Cliff Kingsbury, Lincoln Riley, Sonny Dykes, Josh Heupel, Dave Aranda, Dana Holgerson, Neil Brown, Sonny Cumbie, Eric Morris. There's more out there who I'm not remembering to mention. Will help propel his legend and his methods forward. That's on the field because, unfortunately, I don't think anybody is ever going to match Mike Leach off the field in the world of college football again. That's what I learned this week. Just the feedback that you got from people all over the country, guys. Um, Kayla, I, I don't know anybody that isn't, wasn't a fan of Mike Leach and the way he went about things. He was hands down my favorite college football coach. I was absolutely devastated when I heard this news starting from <clears throat> Sunday when he we found out that he was you know taken to the hospital to when we finally heard that he passed Tuesday morning. It is such a devastatingly sad situation all around. Um, there is not and probably never will be such a colorful, intriguing, funny character like him in the realm of college football ever again. And that makes me so incredibly sad. Like I said, he was hands down my favorite coach. I wanted to meet him, interview him, talk to him. It's just such a huge loss to college football. Like you said, I spent all day Tuesday just watching videos, reading tributes. I cried over someone I had never met because he just had that impact on the sport. And like I said, it was just so wonderfully weird. I tweeted that he was like the Phoebe Buffet of college football. Um, I just <laughs> loved his sense of humor. I loved his quirkiness. I'm so sad for his wife and his kids and his players. And the list goes on of the people he touched in this um, in this sport, <clears throat> not just because of who he was as a coach, but as a person. And like I said, his uniqueness was unmatched. Um, <clears throat> it's just so heartbreaking. I know he's going to be honored for years to come in college football. His legacy will live on through his players and coaches. And I just hope they can make an exception for him and get him into the college football hall of fame because he absolutely deserves it. RJ, you're down in the Lone Star state. One of the places where he, you know, obviously his time in Lubbock is now epic, but I imagine there's gotta be some fantastic Mike Leach stories floating around the the Metroplex this week. There, there, there are, uh, you know, I I got to meet Mike a couple of times. We had him in studio before, uh, did an interview with him at, uh, at AT AT&T stadium before the cotton bowl one year. Uh, he was, I mean, he's a treasure and I'm with Kayla. Like he's easily my favorite college football coach. The thing that bothers me is like, you know, we are more and more in an era of sterile personalities. Like nobody wants to say anything. Nobody wants to, you know, be the guy that says something stupid and Mike just doesn't care. And he's a true personality. Um, and, and it, and it really does suck that, that, that this happened. And, and now, you know, we don't have that anymore. We don't have the innovator. We don't have the guy who, who changed the game. College football in a large part uh, is, 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 is where it is today with the offense is because of Mike Leach. I mean, how mummy didn't even wear a headset at Kentucky when Mike was coaching. <laughs> Mike just ran the offense and how was like, go ahead, man. I'm just going to sit over here and look at all like Nick Nolte and I'll just, I'll be fine. Uh, and that's what he did. But um, Mike was, he was, he was a treat. Uh, I, I said this on the radio this week. Mike Leach got more out of Graham Harrell than Cliff Kingsbury got out of Patrick Mahomes. And that's all yeah. you need to know about how good of a, like what kind of coach this dude was. And now I, he was, he was tremendous. He did it. He, I don't know that he would have worked at Florida or at Texas or at USC or Ohio state. He was a, like pirates or rebels and he was a rebel, right? He didn't right. want to live on the land. He wanted to live on a deserted island. And he found out in Pullman, Washington or Lubbock or Starkville. I've been to Lubbock. If the wind is blowing from the <laughs> West, it's okay. It is, it's nothing but cows and cow poop West of Lubbock. And if that's where the wind's coming from. You're screwed. Yep. Like when they, 
<laughs> you had to hope to bring a recruit in on a sunny day where the wind is not blowing from the west. Like that's what you had to you had to prepare. You had to go to the farmer's almanac to be able to get recruits to go there. You had to. That you could not bring him in on a west wind. And, and this guy did it. He did it at Lubbock. He did it at Bowman. He did it in Starkville. I don't know how. Well, and that's that's the I think the the biggest thing, the the best point you can make about Mike Leach as a coach is that yeah, innovator. Uh, the air raid offense, uh, taking what Hal Mummy did and then turning it up to 11 spinal tap style, but then also being the personality on top of it. The personality doesn't work if you don't win. Um, you know, winning, even in places like Pullman and Lubbock and Starkville, might, might be nice, but it's not going to be the same without the personality. The two things went hand in hand with Mike Leach and made him what he was. So I think we all learned this week. Uh, that we're going to miss the personality of Mike Leach. We're certainly going to miss the coaching acumen. That's why I said, I hope it lives on through some of the guys that, that come off of his coaching tree. But let's be honest, as much fun as a Sonny Dykes might be every once in a while, you know, Dave Aranda and, and Lincoln Riley aren't going out there and winning press conferences and and telling stories the way, the way Mike Leach did. So, um, you know, they, they can follow in his football footsteps. I just think it's going to be really hard for anybody at all to follow in the footsteps of who Mike Leach was as as a man, as a person. And sure, there were players that would walk away from interaction sometimes probably upset at the way that they went, but that's because he wanted to push them. And that was his way of pushing them. And I think in the end, probably a lot of those guys who were upset at the time about those interactions ended up looking back on them, if not fondly, and certainly with some reverence because it helped turn them and their lives and their careers in the right direction. So rest in peace, Mike Leach, uh, you will be sorely missed. Before we start to get into the bowl games we're going to preview here in a couple of minutes, I did want to spend just a few minutes, guys, on a quick CFP check-in and where we're at with the two semifinal games um, and get just your initial thoughts, Ichi, on these games. Michigan still favored by 7.5, total sitting at 58.5 in the Fiesta Bowl against TCU. That's down a point, opened at eight and a half, uh, 59 and a half is the total. We know TCU, as much as everybody talks about Max Duggan coming in second in the Heisman voting, they made their bones on running the ball this year in, in crucial situations, but they also gave up a ton on the ground and we know Michigan can run as well. So RJ, uh, just initial thoughts with a couple weeks out yet to go until uh, the Fiesta Bowl in the first CFP semifinal. Uh, you know, I, I'm a little surprised there hasn't been more movement in some of these lines. Um, I, I thought there would be. Uh, but, I, but maybe they're just waiting to get closer to game time, you know, for a lot of these bets to roll in. Um, I still think Vegas has got the numbers pretty solid on, on the mark. Um, you know, I do I do think TCU is a tough matchup for Michigan. I, I do think that that number should be a little bit closer. Um because I, I do think that if you know, TCU, um, they're the one that has the better chance of upsetting the other team. Even though Ohio State's so talented, they play their A game, they could beat anybody. But I, I do think TCU's got like a the, the, Michigan. It, it favors TCU the kind of style that this game might play. Uh, so I'm, I'm surprised that number's not a little bit lower. Yeah. Kayla, we think of Big 12 games as obviously, or any game involving a Big 12 team as some wild run-and-gun shootout. I think more so because of the style Michigan plays, but certainly TCU can play with them in that style, that this might be 
and you kind of see it in the total. It's only in the upper 50s. It might traditionally be a little bit higher involving a Big 12 team. But this feels like a game that, as RJ said, might be a little bit closer than the seven and a half that's still sitting out there. Yeah, it's kind of been dubbed a David and Goliath game, but I don't know if that's going to happen at all. I'm excited to see how this Big 10 strength fares against that Big 12 uh, speed. TCU last won a national title in 1938, so granted that is why we're calling it a David and Goliath game, but TCU's offense is going to be challenged in a big way against this Michigan defense who allows just 13.4 points, 85 and a half rushing yards per game. Um, I don't know. I can see it getting ugly, but I can also see it being really close. I think obviously Michigan will come out on top, but I hope for the sake of TCU, they can keep it close and exciting. Georgia, Ohio State in the other semi uh, in the peach. RJ, you mentioned you think TCU has a better shot at the upset of Michigan than Ohio State does of Georgia. Georgia built on defense, strong run game, savvy veteran QB. I'm pretty sure Stetson Bennett is older than all of us combined. Uh, Ohio State, (laughs) offense, we know what they can do. Uh, But is C.J. Stroud not impressive in that final game against Michigan? Is he relying maybe too much on Marvin Harrison Jr.? their defense has a lot to prove after getting beat up by Michigan. I'll grant you that, but I could see this one, even though the total sits at 62 and a half, it wouldn't surprise me if this is the lower scoring of the two games, RJ. No, you're right. And, and that would lead to a closer game. Uh, my, my issue with Ohio state, man, is that they are so inconsistent. Like they could go out there and play the game of the year and beat Georgia. They could, but like which Ohio State's going to show up. They didn't look, very good against Maryland. They didn't, was it Northwestern they struggled with too? Um, yeah, and, yeah. And, and then, yeah, and then obviously, I mean, they got doubled up at home by Michigan, by a Michigan team that almost just lost the week before at home to Illinois. Like, it, it, the, the inconsistencies uh, that Ohio State, really and Michigan put up there this year, it was, it was, it, it's a lot for me to overlook. Uh, Georgia, yeah, they had their game against uh, Mizzou. Uh, where they, they almost lost. Uh, but other than that, I mean, man, this team was kind of rolling. I mean, they basically rolled everybody else uh, for the rest of the year. And, and I just – I don't know how they lose this game. Like, they would have to make a – they would have to have a, a ton of turnovers deep in their own territory. Yeah, it feels like Georgia's unstoppable, Kayla. I mean, it, we, we love the idea of Ohio State. Georgia, I think most people, even if they're not necessarily excited about Ohio State backing into the playoffs, certainly – uh, I, I think it's a good matchup on paper. The worry is, like RJ said there, you know, are, are they going to need too much to keep them in the game? Are they still reeling from the loss to Michigan? Um, I think it's closer than the spread indicates right now. I think it's sort of a whoever has the ball last kind of game, but um, certainly I expect Georgia to pull it out in the end. Yeah, this obviously is the matchup that does scare me. Um, I think Georgia kind of got screwed here a little bit. I can see Ohio State being embarrassed about that Michigan loss and coming out here with a fire under them and wanting to prove some stuff on the field. But I'll tell you right now, no one wants to see a Michigan-Ohio State championship, so please don't let that happen. Uh, Since 2004, an SEC team has played in the national championship 16 times, in other words, all but three times over 19 years, and that was in 2005, 2006. In 2015, in other words, I'm biased. I won an SEC team in the national championship, and I really hope that Ohio State does not play spoiler to that. But it's, I think it's going to be a good game. Yeah, I, I, I do. I think it's a final possession kind of game, an opportunity for C.J. Stroud to kind of prove that 
If nothing else, the Michigan game was a fluke. It doesn't say as much about those earlier performances that you had mentioned, RJ, but certainly gives teams that are looking at drafting him in the top 10 of the first round of the NFL draft belief that, hey, uh, this guy is is more what we saw the last year and a half prior to the final game Mm -hmm. against Michigan than he was in that game. All right, we got a handful of games we want to dive into just a little bit from Boston to Vegas and Fort Worth to Tampa. We've got bowl games to preview. We will dive in on those from all the different angles, from opt-outs to interim coaches and everything in between. We start setting you up for what is going to be a fantastic bowl season, and we do that next. Our best bets before we wrap up the show as well and picks on all of this week's bowl games alongside RJ Choppy and Kayla Canaram. I'm Chris Mack, and this is BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla here on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Back to BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. All right, we are doing it. BetQLU alongside RJ Choppy and Kayla Canaram. I am Chris Mack, live coast to coast on the BetQL Network and wherever you may be in the world on your Odyssey app. You can watch the show as well. Twitch.tv slash BetQL and, of course, YouTube as well. We're promising you picks on all 14 bowl games between, well, the time that you're listening to this and next weekend. So there's a lot of bowl games. We're going to give you as many picks as we can. We'll go rapid fire on whatever ones we don't get to in this middle segment of the show. Last segment of the show, plus we got best bets as well. But let's start. Let's try to squeeze in four or five games in this segment here, guys. And let's start with the one. It feels like it's got a million different storylines to it. The Fenway Bowl, Cincinnati, Louisville. Louisville favored by one and a half. Total low on this one, 39 and a half. An early 11 a.m. Eastern kickoff on Saturday at, well, Fenway Park in Boston. There's the old keg of nails rivalry that exists between these two schools. Bearcats hold the edge in the series. But Louisville going to be without Malik Cunningham. Tyon Evans, Tyler Hudson, Catrell Clark, all opting out to get ready for the draft. And, of course, we've got the coaching situation with Satterfield, and you've got a million things going on there. Uh, now, there is this. Bearcats 9-3, and three, Cincinnati was. Their three losses came by an average of less than a touchdown. So, where are we at on what is a very tight spread between Cincy and Louisville, just a point and a half? First of all, can someone explain what a keg of nails means? I have no idea. I do. It sounds like something I would definitely not want my kids to play with. Like, hey, here's a bag <laughs> of broken glass, kids. A keg of rusty nails. <laughs> okay. okay, noted. Um, yeah, as you, this game already feels so messy, messy, and mainly because of Scott Satterfield. Like, what are the chances here? It's like going through a breakup and showing to a party with your ex and a new girlfriend. So awkward. Um, truthfully, I'm bummed Luke isn't coaching but I get how this all works this game is a cluster from top to bottom they're going to be without both head coaches both offensive and defensive coordinators both starting quarterbacks sweet should be a good game that's not even counting all the opt-outs and transfers I can't tell if this game is going to be played super conservative or if they're just going to say screw it and go nuts like an NBA all-star game 
at least that would make it entertaining. Unfortunately, I think it will be a little bit boring. I'm leaning the Bearcats to cover simply because I think they have the edge when it comes to defense. When it comes to the yeah, total, RJ I think it's going to be a low scoring game due to all the variables that were listed above. Yeah, I'm sorry, Kayla. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, oh, definitely no, all the opt-outs would are going to bring that total down, I think, RJ. Teams that were 25% or worse against the spread in the regular season the last nine seasons end up being about 60% against the spread in their bowl games. There's a bounce-back factor for a lot of teams. Cincy, 3-9 and nine against the spread this year. I don't know if we buy into that trend or not. Yeah, look, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean Cincy on, uh, on this one. I think they're overall they're more talented. Plus, you know, with Louisville not having a quarterback, I think that's a big. Uh, you know, th th when you lose your quarterback, um, you, you're you're in a you're in a really tough spot. Uh, you have to break somebody new in at the most important position in sports. It's, it's very very difficult. Uh, you know, you got you got coaching changes all over the place in this game. This is going to be one of the. I'm, I'm taking the under two. This game's going to be a mess. It's going to be a mess of a football game overall. Like they're the fact that they're in a baseball stadium, it, everything right. about this yeah. game is going to be wildly crazy. I'm going to take uh, Cincinnati. Uh, by the way, a keg of nails means to get the party started. That's what you do. You got to pop that keg, get that party started, baby. That's what you got to do. Got it. There you go. You would know, RJ. I, knew we could... I, know, I, yeah, right? I was going to say, I knew we could trust RJ. <laughs> get us the, the, the answer. And if not the, the right answer, a really a one that sounds really good anyway. Sounds uh, all right. Another early game, uh, at least early Vegas time, 2.30 Eastern on Saturday. So 11.30 out in Vegas. Florida against number 14, Oregon State. Wow. 10 points the Beavers are laying against the Gators at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. How excited is Florida to be here, really? I mean, nice start, uh, the win over Utah, but then they lose four of their last six. They limp into this game. Oregon State, on the other hand, they come in winning six of their last seven. Enormous spoiler win over the Ducks in the Civil War. And more opt-outs, of course. Anthony Richardson skipping this game for Florida, as well as guard Osiris Torrance, who's the number one ranked guard in college football by PFF this season. A lot of reasons, I think, to believe that Oregon State takes care of business, even with a big double-digit spread, RJ. Yeah, look, they're 10-2 and two against the spread this year anyway. It's a big spread. It's a big number. Uh, but, you know, Flores was in a quarterback that's probably going to go in the first round. Um, you know, I've seen some projections, him going as high as 15. You're going to take the wow. 15th pick in the NFL draft off your team uh, and an offensive lineman. I'm not, I can't pick you. I don't know that I'm going to go as high as 10, though. That's a large number. You know, these are still really good. Florida recruits, uh, as well as anybody in the country, more often than not, right? <laughs> they don't have to get on an airplane mm -hmm. to get recruits in their house. So I would stay away from the 10, um, but I would probably hedge towards the under on this one just because, you know, you got quarterback issues uh, on Florida's side. So uh, I, I will stay away from the 10, though. So in seven of each team's 12 games this season, the over has hit, Caleb. But as RJ points out, it's opt-out season. It's portal season. It's hard to tell who's going to be in these <clears throat> games. Are you leaning over, under, and what about 10 points? Is it too much for you as well? I'm leaning under just because of the Florida side. As you said, though, the total hit in seven of their games on both sides. It's just hard to tell when you have teams who aren't playing at full strength. Um, so I am going to go the under, although both teams do average in the low 30s a game. Um, yeah, this one is also a messy situation, especially as we've talked about at quarterback for Florida, Anthony Richardson declares for the draft, the backup got dismissed after being arrested. So that leaves Jack Miller, the third to start. Um, as you mentioned, the Beavers are 10 and two against the spread, the second best in the country, just behind Tulane. They've covered in their last six straight. 
Yes, Florida is 5-0 against the spread as underdogs, but based on their slim down roster talent-wise, I'm for sure leaning Oregon State straight up. However, the 10, I agree with RJ, is a big number. So I'm going to say the Gators covered. After all, this is an SEC team. Like, even though they might have lost me in that Vanderbilt loss, I think they show up come bowl game. Um, and it just feels wrong picking against an SEC team. So I'm taking the Gators to cover. All right. I'll go out on the limb and take Oregon State to somehow cover that 10-point spread. because I just think, I think Florida is going to come in flat. I really do. I don't know if any, how many of those guys are going to be invested in this one. Saturday, 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific. <laughs> the New Mexico Bowl. SMU laying three and a half against BYU in Albuquerque. Uh, BYU probably without Jalen Hall at quarterback. He got hurt in their finale. Uh, Both of these teams come in scoring a ton of points. They combined their average scores to score 70.3 points per game, and their defenses aren't great either, giving up about 64.7 points per game when we combine both teams' averages. Therefore, your total, 64 and a half. And the spread moved big on this one. Again, probably on the Jalen Hall news uh, because it opened BYU minus one and a half and has moved to SMU minus three and a half. But they're without some opt-outs as well. They're all-time receiving yards leader, Rashi Rice, uh, Jalen Thomas on the offensive line. So, Kayla, uh, first-time bowl coaches, they typically struggle. This is a first-time bowl game for Rhett Lashley of of, uh, SMU. So, uh, I'm probably leaning BYU on this one even without their quarterback. What do you think? Right there with you. Both teams are coming in hot after winning their last games of the season. And like you said, a lot rides on whether or not BYU's quarterback is going to be playing. I'm leaning the Kooks to cover at plus three and a half, even if he is in fact out. While I would love to side with the Mustangs, they are one and six against the spread following and against the spread loss, which they had in their win against Memphis. And they are one and five against the spread when facing an independent team. I don't know where people come up with these facts, but it helps my case. So I am picking BYU to cover in this one. RJ, uh, you've seen SMU pretty close up this year. Where are you at on BYU, SM? BYU, Big 12 team as of, uh, what, six months from now? Yeah. Uh, honestly, I, I like SMU in this one. Uh, Tanner Mordecai mm-hmm. was a power five, uh, you know, big-time prospect coming out of high school. He's done really, really well in his time at SMU. Had them ranked last year. Had them in the uh, you know, undefeated, you know, kind of what, midway through, you know, late October, early November. Uh, I, I like SMU to cover. You know, again, I'm, I'm a quarterback guy, uh, and and if quarterback's not playing for the other team, I'm usually going to fade that team and and roll with the other one. If all teams were at uh, full stretch, I'd go with BYU. Uh, but you know, if Mordecai, he's got something to play for too. He's got some records in hand, and you know, maybe improved draft stock and everything. He's a good player too. Uh, so let me roll with the Stangs, the Ponies, SMU. I definitely. I definitely like the over in this one, guys, uh, even at 64 and a half. I, I think d- despite absences, whether it's portal absences, opt-out absences, injuries, I still think we get points in that one, BYU and SMU in New Mexico. All right, Thursday night. So we got a little bit more lead time on this one. The Armed Forces Bowl. It's a 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central kickoff at Amon G. Carter Stadium in Fort Worth. Baylor laying five and a half against Air Force. This is Troy Calhoun's 12th bowl game, head coach of Air Force. This is Dave Aranda's first bowl game. Uh, Since 2016, head coaches with a bowl experience advantage of 10 games or more over the other guy, they win against the spread at about a 69.5% clip. Something to keep in mind. Although, for Baylor, this is kind of like a regional home game, about an hour and a half up the road 
from Waco. Totals hit the over in seven of Baylor's last nine games. Again, it sits low at 49 and a half, but under in five of Air Force's last six games. Service Academy, they like to run the ball, obviously. Baylor, not great in rush defense. So, Kayla, uh, Baylor, Air Force, Armed Forces Bowl, where are you at? Well, I hope Baylor fares better than Mizzou did in this one last year. I'll say that. But this is the first meeting between these two teams since 1977. This is tough for me because I have friends who are closely tied to the Falcons, one of which her husband coaches for them. So I'll start with the positives. um, And that is the Falcons lead the FBS with 330 rushing yards per game, led by running running back Brad Roberts, who was third among FBS running backs in total yards. I want to believe the Falcons can come out on top, and they just might, but it's hard to see that happening when you look at the teams these schools have faced this season. However, because of all their great qualities, I am going to go with the Falcons to cover at plus five and a half. I think they are riding high off the season they've had. So I'm going to give them a chance in this one. And as far as the total, I'm kind of split, but I would lean the over. Yeah, Air Force loves to run R.J. Baylor's defense. I mentioned before, 92nd in the country in EPA, expected points allowed per opponent rush attempt. And uh, when the opponent is running 88% of the time, that could spell misery for the Bears. It, it can. Uh, you know, the, the speed question is going to play here for, for Air Force. You know, Do they have the athletes to be able to keep up with, with Baylor? Uh, I like the under in this one because I, I, you know, we know Air Force is going to do one thing, and that's try to run the ball. Uh, and, and if they could be successful at it, then I don't know how th- there's going to be enough possessions to get this thing to 50. Uh, I, I wouldn't touch the point spread. These bowl games, a lot of times you're going to get into who cares about it, you know, like which team cares more. Right. So, you know, Baylor having, you know, Baylor last year, I mean, they had a really good season last year. They were, uh, you know, in the, in the Big 12 championship game uh, against Oklahoma State. Uh, that, that, they were they were a solid team. So, I would I would stay away from this game from a point spread perspective, but I would lean the under. All right. Um, the Gasparilla Bowl. Friday night. And we are going to look, I, I understand we're leaving things on the table right now. We're going <clears> to <throat> rapid fire through uh, what we would call, I guess, the Island of Misfit, Misfit Bowls in just a couple of minutes here on BetQLU, the ones that maybe weren't quite worth the dive into. But we got to dive into this one. Friday night, 630 Eastern, 530 Central and 330 Pacific, the Gasparilla Bowl at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. Wake Forest against Missouri Wake favored by a single point total at 61. Um, Missouri comes in uh, missing a lot. Like 10 guys have hit the portal. Uh, Some of them didn't really have an impact on the team this season. Some of them did like, well, you know, they're starting wide receiver. Uh, Now the other, the other side of this Wake Forest has kind of backslid into the postseason as well. One and four in their last five games. If nothing else, Missouri six and three against the spread in their last nine games. Kayla, I'll I'll let you wrap it up on Missouri, but I let RJ go first. A little bit more of a neutral view of Wake Forest, Missouri in the Gasparilla Bowl. Have 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 you listened to me at all this year? How could I be impartial <laughs> about Sam Zaddy? Okay, how can I be impartial about this guy? You know what a what a what a a man crush I have on him. He he, he could be the Mar. He looks like the Marlboro man. He's just so good looking. Like he's just so rugged. Dang man, I, I just I'm in love with Sam Hartman, uh, and he's playing, and I love that even more. Yeah, I love that even more about the fact that he's playing, and he doesn't even know if he's gonna go pro or transfer to a new college and get paid. That's old school. Uh, so we don't. Yeah, it's really really old school, man. 
so I, uh, I, 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 I like Wake here. Uh, I will, uh, I, will, I will take Wake, and the, I'm sorry, Kayla. I will take Wake in the one point uh, over Missouri. But it really has nothing to do with anything other than I can't. I just can't do it. I can't bet against Sam Harden. Harvard. I'm hoping he's a volunteer next year. I'm hoping he's a volunteer. Oh boy. So I can't. I can't really, you know, bet against him. Oh boy, that is Kayla. Those are fighting words, aren't they? <clears throat> At least you would make that orange look good, you know. Whoa. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. It's no surprise where I'm taking. And RJ may may the hottest quarterback win. And I'm talking about their play on the field. So cool it. Um, honestly, it's not really a fair fight, as we've said, with the amount of players who opted out or entered the trade portal, which included, yes, our best wide receiver, Dominic Levitt. Um, but here's a quick fun fact. We rank 35th in points per drive allowed this season, all while having the 12th most difficult schedule. Thank you very much. I think our defense is going to show up. Brady Cook has improved all season long, slowly but surely. So give me Mizzou to cover at plus one. Thank you very much. Wow. Look at you. She believes in the Tigers right down to the very bitter end. Coming up, we go rapid fire on the nine other bowl games in play this week. Plus, we'll take a... We'll get you our best bets as well, because there's a million games to pick, and we're going to try and shove as many of them in as we can, get you our takes on them. Ah, It's bowl season. Happy bowl season to you alongside Kayla and RJ. I'm Chris. This is BetQLU. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla, here on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Back to BetQLU with RJ Choppy, Chris Mack, and Kayla Canaram on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Only the most important questions discussed by our crew behind the scenes and us during the breaks, including what the hell's a Gasparilla? A Gasparilla is the festival inspired by the legend of the pirate Jose Gaspar, who operated off the west coast of Spanish Florida from the 1780s until the 1820s. <clears throat> At least that's what Wikipedia tells me. So Ooh. now we know what a Gasparilla is. There we go. Welcome in. Uh, we will have a full and massive two-hour BetQLU bowl preview special for all the remaining games next week. I mean, we will get you through the CFP semifinals and seemingly absolutely every game on the slate. But this week, we just went through a handful of games, which leaves – Oh, just another eight or nine left on the schedule between right now and the end of the week. So alongside RJ Choppy and Kayla Canaram, I'm Chris Mack. We will rapid fire through all nine of these games in an attempt to get you picks, if nothing else. And then we get you our best bets before we wrap things up. Let's start with, there were four other games on Saturday that we didn't get to. Let's start with the Celebration Bowl, noon Eastern Saturday. Jackson State laying 14 and a half against NC Central. Guys, I got NC Central to cover this because I don't know how Jackson State responds to the departure of Deion Sanders. Kayla? See, I'm going the opposite direction. I think they're going to cover this 14 and a half spread as the perfect way to cap off the season and send Deion out. Um, I think they're going to show up for their coach. You know, I know they're upset that he's leaving, but. Um, I don't know. I see them. I see them covering this one and, and going out with a bang for him. RJ, 
Man, I I do wonder how they're going to play. Um, like, that's a big – this could – literally, you could see these are 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, and some of them might be like, dude, screw this guy. I'm not. I'm out of here, or, or I'm not going to give my all. Uh, the kids that are transferring, you know, like that are going to transfer, are they even going to play? You know, how are they going to do that? I would. I am. I am going to kind of lean on on NC here. I just. I. I can't. I can't get out of my head. You know, when coaches leave, you don't see them coach these bowl games, right? You don't right. see them do that. You know, they 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 bolt. Um. I. 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 I struggle with that. So I'm going to take NC Central. All right, three three thirty Eastern Saturday, twelve thirty Pacific on ABC. The LA Bowl, the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. Fresno State laying three and a half total, fifty two and a half against Washington State. Uh, I like the Bulldogs here to cover the three and a half. Kayla? Guys, I'm actually working this bowl game. <laughs> I'm working the uh, oh, Fan Fest and the Pep Rally. I know. I'm just hosting a little, you know, pregame stuff. But I have Washington State to cover at plus three and a half. And I think they're going to do it for the late, great Mike Leach. Plain and simple. There you they go. haven't won a bowl game since 2018. Um, so I think this is their their time to shine. RJ? I'm with you. Give me Washington State plus the three and a half. Okay. Lending Tree Bowl, uh, also later on Saturday, 545 Eastern, 245 Pacific. Southern Miss laying almost a full touchdown, six and a half. Low total on this, 46 and a half against Rice. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Southern Miss. I don't trust Rice. RJ? I don't see either. Uh, Southern Miss far better players, far better athletes than Rice is on their roster. Give me Southern Miss. Kayla? Right there with you guys. I have Southern Miss covering. I think the running game will aim to move the ball against a Rice defense that's allowed 166 rush yards per game. So I like Southern Miss. And the final game of what is a glorious six-pack of college football on Saturday, the Frisco Bowl. Uh, Boise State laying 10.5 against North Texas. Again, this is one of those ones that's kind of a de facto home game in a way for North Texas. I don't know if that's enough against Boise State. But then I wonder, like, what the expectations for Boise State are always higher, and now they're in the Frisco Bowl. Is this necessarily getting them up for this game? So I'm going to take North Texas to cover. RJ? Uh, do not, uh, Frisco is a, a tremendous community. Uh, let's not describe <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, you know, couldn't even finish that with a straight face. <laughs> I couldn't even finish that sentence, man. I'm actually going to Frisco for dinner tonight. Um, I'm going to take Boise State. Um, for you. You, you know, UNT, they, they fired their coach. Uh, they got a, so they got a new coach coming in. They, they fired the coach for a reason. Like, they're not they're not that great of a football team. And Boise State usually generally gets much better football players. Uh, I will take uh, Boise State in the points. Kayla? I'm with RJ. I'm taking Boise State. Um, they are uh, one win away from their first 10-1 season since 2019. I think that's going to add some motivation. And their offense is going up against a defense that gets up 460 yards a game. So I like those odds. There you go. All right. Uh, I am all alone on North Texas then, the mean green. <laughs> Let's move on to Monday. Monday afternoon. Mon- you can come home from work on Monday afternoon and get to watch football. This is fantastic. <clears throat> the Myrtle Beach Bowl, UConn against Marshall. The Thundering Herd laying 10 against UConn. But they've ever since the big upset of Notre Dame earlier this year, they've had some disappointing moments. Jim Mora Jr. has spun some kind of odd magic up in stores, Connecticut. I take UConn, maybe not to upset Marshall uh, straight up, but to cover the 10, RJ. Give me UConn the 10 points. I am taking UConn to cover this. Uh, they, they, they have had a really, 
really nice season. Uh, they beat they beat a Liberty team that their their coach has got the Auburn job. Uh, they have had a really good season. The only game they really got blown out in a couple of them were Power Five big dogs: Syracuse, Michigan, right. uh, NC State. They got absolutely worked in those games, and that that's to be expected. But they did a really nice job this year of uh, of kind of you know becoming relevant again. Uh, this game is going to mean something to that program more so, I think, than Marshall. Give me UConn and Tech. Kayla, UConn and Marshall at Myrtle Beach. What do you got? You know, hats off to UConn on the great season, but we are Marshall, y'all. I like the herd to cover at minus 10. Um, you mentioned they beat Liberty while Marshall beat Notre Dame in South Bend. Let's not forget. I think the herd bring a great defense and a great run game, so I like Marshall to cover. All right, Tuesday afternoon, another early game, 3.30 Eastern, but it'll be 1.30 in Boise, Idaho, the Potato Bowl, San Jose State laying four and a half against Eastern Michigan. I'm going to ride with San Jose State just because, well, just because. Kayla? Right there with you, just because I have them covering um, at minus four and a half. So we'll see. RJ? Let's go. Let's go three for three, San Jose. There we go. All right, clean sweep on San Jose State. Later that night, Tuesday night, Boca Raton Bowl, Toledo laying four and a half. Against Liberty, this one, I will back the MAC team. Give me Toledo to cover the four and a half and beat Liberty. I think anytime you're dealing with interim coaches, as Liberty is, it's a big deficiency for the team going into a bowl game, especially a team like Toledo that probably feels like they got something to prove after uh, the way their season ended up and down offensively. Uh, Kayla, Toledo minus four and a half against Liberty. I'm going Liberty to cover in this one at plus four and a half. I hope they play with some vengeance after Hugh Freeze left. Not to mention they had an ugly ending to the season. They lost three of their last games um, after big wins over BYU and Arkansas midway through the season. So I'm hoping they pull it together and bring out a win in this one. RJ? Or at least cover. I- I'm going I'm to go with Liberty as well for those reasons. They-, they beat some pretty good programs. They had really close games against good programs this year. Uh, I know it's the new coach situation coming in, but – uh, you know, they, they, they do have a really good coach coming in, and perhaps this is a, uh, like a tryout for some of these players. But give me Liberty. Wednesday night, uh, late start. There, see, thank you for finishing it. I was going to let it go, but you, <laughs> you, you hammered it home, Kayla. Wednesday night uh, in New Orleans, South Alabama against Western Kentucky in, well, the New Orleans Bowl. Uh, mm-hmm. South Alabama laying four and a half. Big, a bit of a disappointing season for WKU, I, I think. So I think they come in flat. South Alabama beats and covers uh, the minus four and a half. RJ? I like the over here. Give me the over in this one. Okay. Western Kentucky's had a really good offense over the last couple of years. Uh, I, I know they've, they've struggled at times this year, but give me, give me the over 56. Kayla? I'm going Western Kentucky to cover at plus four and a half just for funsies. Okay, that's okay, too. Friday night, (laughs) December 23rd, actually Friday afternoon, 3 Eastern, 2 Central, Independence Bowl, Houston. The Cougars laying six and a half, basically a road game of sorts uh, against Louisiana. Uh, I like Houston in this one to cover, win by at least a touchdown. I know they've had a rough go of it this year, up and down again, and people questioning Dana Holgerson, rightfully so. Uh, But I like Houston to cover the six and a half. Kayla? Right there with you, I've got Houston covering. The Cougars won five of their last seven games um, with their quarterback, Clayton Toon, having thrown for over 2,600 yards, 28 touchdowns, and seven interceptions in that span. So look out for him to have a big game. Give me Houston. 
RJ? Uh, Houston wins, but they only win by six. Louisiana Ooh. covers the six and a half. Oh, I like it. You uh, la la. Yes, yes. <laughs> Louisiana Lafayette. Um, don't say any of the T's. That's how you do Cajun. Um, okay, so we've run through every single game in the next week. It's time to get you our best bets now before we wrap up. Again, don't forget, next week, huge two-hour edition of BetQLU where it will just be bowl preview. Madness cannot wait for it. Our preparation has begun behind the scenes already. But let's get you our best bets for this week before we get you out of here. RJ, I'll let you lead us off. All right, I've got uh, two selections for you. I've got SMU minus the three, uh, three and a half, uh, depending on where you can get it. And also give me uh, the UConn plus the 10 points. Those are my best bets for this week. Kayla, what do you got for us? Guys, you already know where I'm going in this one. It's the last time I can talk about my Mizzou Tigers for the year. So here it goes. I'm just going to reiterate the Mizzou weight game and taking the Tigers at plus one. I really do think this team is better than our record suggests, as we've talked about at length here on the show, if you're new here. Um, we really <laughs> should have Georgia been again, Kayla. Kayla, mention Georgia. We, we, we should have beat Georgia. We should have been eight and four or nine and three. I said it. Mm-hmm. We upset mm-hmm. Arkansas 29-27 as a three and a half point dog in the regular season finale to get to this bowl game. Mizzou went five and one against the spread in the last six as underdogs winning two of their last three straight up in the process. And even despite being without a few of our key players, we still have a great defense, a quarterback who improved throughout the season and the best freshman wide receiver recruit in Luther burden. So while we might be up without wide receiver one, we've got a great backup in burden. If Missouri can avoid getting to a shootout, look for the tigers to pull the upset in Tampa guys. At the Gasparilla Bowl, which we now think we <laughs> might know something about. All right, uh, Las Vegas Bowl. I'm going out there. We talked about this earlier. Bunch of opt-outs for Florida, including Anthony Richardson and Osiris Torrance. Uh, much like last year, they limp into this bowl game. Last year, they limped into their bowl game and got worked by UCF. I think Oregon State is flying high, uh, especially after the upset of Oregon in the Civil War, the spoiler win that that was for them. And last year, bowl games that saw a three-point or larger line move ended up going 17-5 and against the spread. This one has gone from Oregon State minus 5.5 at opening to now minus 10. Oregon State runs away with it, I think, against Florida. Again, huge bowl special next week. We've got so many games to preview with. You can't wait to do it. Thanks again for joining us on the latest edition of VetQLU. Alongside RJ Choppy and Kayla Canaram, I'm Chris Mack. We'll do it again next week, same time, on the VetQL Network. This is BetQLU with RJ, Chris, and Kayla here on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.